Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. As many of you know, most of us here at the Master Photography Podcast are huge fans of Squarespace, and that's because they make it easier than ever to launch your passion project, whether you're showcasing your work or selling prints or products of any kind. With beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything, you can easily make a beautiful website yourself. And if you do get stuck, Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support is there to help. So head on over to squarespace.com improve for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco, or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Master Photography Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. In today's episode, I am joined by a friend of mine, an amazing landscape photographer and the creator of a must-have Photoshop plugin that we will be talking about today, Greg Benz. Welcome to Photo Taco, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jeff. First time for Greg, but I don't think this is going to be your last because I, I think we're going to have a few Photo Taco episodes where we get together and geek out about photography. Oh, I would, I would love that. I love the show. <laughs> All right. So for <laughs> listeners who may not know Greg, uh, let me introduce him just a little bit and I'll, I'll let him speak for himself in a minute here. But he's a man after my own heart. He, a, a little bit like Don Komarechka, another friend of mine that has been on the show now. Uh, Greg tackles some really geeky topics, photography topics all over at his blog, which you really need to check out. If you enjoy Photo Taco, you need to go check out gregbenzphotography.com. I'll have a link in the show notes so you can see that. Uh, you haven't been always been a full-time professional photographer, right? Uh, right, Greg. So will you take just two minutes to talk about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually been a full-time photographer for about two years, but I've been a photographer in a very serious way, um, for like 18 years. Oh, wow. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been sort of like a snowball. I feel like I sort of rolled up a little snowball 18 years ago and now it's like, turned into one just gigantic thing. It's my, my whole life uh, these days, seven days a week. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of was doing it as like a, a side thing um, while I was an engineer at Ford Motor Company and then I was doing medical device marketing. It was always kind of this side thing, but it just kind of grew into, you know, from like hobby to shooting weddings and family portraits to uh, where I am now and where I've been for, for many years, which is uh, landscape photography is really everything I'm doing personally, uh, even though I've kind of tried everything. Um, and with a real focus on luminosity masking. So I'm a photographer, I'm an educator, and I'm a software developer. So it's kind of a, a unique mix, but I, I love the variety. And it's kind of fun when everything comes together because when I'm teaching people, they teach me. And when I develop software, I can create problems or create solutions for my own problems. And everything just kind of fits together in a nice way. So a little, little different. Yeah. It's like we're <laughs> brothers. It's exactly... You, you have a very similar background. You've been doing photography longer than I have, but... Uh we're very similar backgrounds and it's amazing to see how many have a very technical background that I run into with photography. Maybe that's because I do a podcast that's a geeky photography podcast. And so the people who are going to find me are the ones that are geeky photography people themselves. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of people have very technical backgrounds and some of it's because you kind of have to have that these days. You have to be able to do the technology in order to really make the bring the most out of your images, get your most the most out of them from capturing it, having like a technical understanding of how to use your camera to post processing. We're going to talk a lot about that today, uh, and that's going to be good. So, with that, let's let's jump right into our topic here. Uh, we want to answer the question today. We're going to try to in the next forty five minutes to an hour talk. What is luminosity masking? I want to answer that question. What is luminosity masking? It's it's something that so many people talk about and they just kind of offhand say they you'll listen to, to a lot of different podcasts or read articles like oh yeah we used luminosity masking we did this and that and uh and i think a lot of people are like i don't I, i'd like to be able to do that but i don't know what it is i don't know how you do it and it gets like even the term itself luminosity masking like people that don't haven't spent time in photoshop in a lot of, of post-processing tools it's not a term that like 
tells anybody what it is from the term. And so it sounds super scary right from the beginning. Sounds very complicated. They can see that there's power because a lot of people when they share images may talk about their process to get to the image and, and will share. Yeah, I used, I used luminosity masking to be able to expose your blend and get this image. Um, and then there may be even people that, that try it. They're like, okay, I want to check this out. I want to see how to do this. And not super familiar with Photoshop, maybe haven't been there a whole lot. And they go in there like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I don't know what to do. There's so many buttons and menus. And, and this is just kind of crazy and, and give up. So I'm hoping we can provide a, a starting point for people that are mostly in that situation. But you, there's, there's, uh, this episode is going to have something for people who are more familiar as well. So let's start off with, I want to try to, on Photo Taco, we always try to break down the topics into things that are pretty simple to understand. Try to make it something that, that someone who is just starting into photography or just starting to want to take the next step in making their images, their final results better. And so Greg, I want you to give it a shot at a, like a one or two sentence definition of just something as easy as you can make it for what is luminosity masking. Yeah, so it definitely is one of those more advanced things, or it can be, but but I think it becomes overcomplicated. And to me, the simple answer to that question is luminosity masking is really about giving you the ability to tell Photoshop or whatever program you're using that supports luminosity masking what you want to adjust and how you want to adjust it. It gives you control so that you can edit the specific parts of the image you want to work on. Um, so it's really about putting you in the driver's seat. It's just giving you an ability to target those adjustments to specific areas or the, or the amount there. Um, the term itself is actually, I think, outdated. It's uh -huh. not just about luminosity and it's actually more about selections than masks. So right, if you want to be right. technical about it, right. it's like it's kind of an old term that hasn't really changed. But at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So I think of it as like this secret language to talk to Photoshop. If I get into Photoshop... <laughs> And I want to make the sky a little bit more colorful. Well, I have to tell Photoshop what the sky is. It doesn't know that. I mean, maybe right. someday when we have artificial intelligence everywhere, it will. Or if I want to say, hey, um, you know, brighten up those trees or um, let's smooth out that water. Like it's giving me a language to actually tell Photoshop to do what I want to do. And more importantly, compared to the tools that are sort of natively built into Photoshop, it lets you do so in a way that doesn't look clunky and Photoshop. It lets you create these more natural results because what you're doing is you're defining the parts of the image based on the image itself. Right. Um, so you can actually go in and say like, Hey, you know, this sky is a certain color and a certain brightness. So let's go work on that stuff. Um, as opposed to using say like the magic wand in Photoshop where you'll end up with these hard edges and suddenly you see like, halos or jagged edges or just these telltale signs that you did something to the image. The luminosity masks not only let you go in and, and adjust that thing, they, they let you do so in a way that can be much more natural looking. I can imagine a future where we do have like even voice activated stuff where you can say, hey, Photoshop, select the sky. <laughs> and, right. And yeah. have it do it. it it's, that day is probably coming at some point. And Adobe has a big head start on doing that. They've got some stuff going on, Adobe Sensei and the cloud stuff. So they're, they're moving in the direction to be able to make something like that a reality. So someday um, that may be more along the lines of, of what we do. And we'll have to have the podcast if, <laughs> if they release that feature, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. But, but I love the way you put it. Like to me, when I learned about it, I agree. Like luminosity mask, it makes sense now that I've I've really gone in and and I've figured out a whole bunch of, uh, about how to use Photoshop now to the point where the term makes sense to me. You're going to be making adjustments based on the luminance values of the pixels. So it's kind of what the the whole term is talking about. And you're using masking to do it. You're using selections to do it. I like where, the way you said it though, because it is mostly about how you select what you're going to change. And uh, there's there's lots of ways to do selections in Photoshop. It's part of what's so daunting. Almost any task you go to do, there's like 30 ways to, <laughs> to do it. And how do you know which one to use? Or, or is there a better way than the one that I'm used to and the one that I know uh, to be able to, to accomplish this task? And, and so that, I think that's really frustrating to a lot of people with so much power in that tool, but it's not really accessible. There's, it's really tough. We're going to talk about some, some help that we have there with your plugin to, to make that a little better. 
but it's it's really so powerful when you can do it. it it's a little bit like and it's not the same thing because the, the way that it's being selected is totally different but in Lightroom which a lot more photographers can probably connect with as we talk about it it's kind of like the idea of adjustment brushes where you're painting onto the picture an adjustment brush so that you can do some very targeted adjustments. I want to brighten up this little bit right here, or I want to take some noise out right here and nowhere else, or whatever you're doing with the adjustment brush. The same concept is what you're after with luminosity masking. Now, the way you do it's entirely different. It's not even close to the same. But but the that's kind of what we're talking about here when we talk about what is luminosity masking. It's selecting the parts of the photo so that you can do some target adjustments and only change those parts of the photo in a, in a way that's really, really nice and powerful. Like, uh, like Greg mentioned that, like not having the hard, jagged edges that make it obvious that you did something to the image. It becomes far less obvious. You can still overdo it. Luminosity masking can still be way overdone. Uh, you have to be moderate in things and, and be careful with it, but. That's how, how I would describe it. And it's, it's so, such a powerful thing. Anything else before we leave that one, Greg? Well, yeah. So to kind of build on what you're saying, like I think in Lightroom, um, the auto mask switch when you're painting is a really good analogy for this. It's like it's like a stencil. You're you're creating this boundary to say, hey, I only want to adjust within a certain area. You know, so to give like a a non Photoshop example, like if you're painting at home, you put that blue masking tape around your window so you don't paint on the glass. Uh, and, And that's what a selection does for you in general in Photoshop. The difference between a regular selection and a luminosity based selection is it's not on or off. There's like intermediate value. So if I go and like tape off the windows at home, it's either got blue tape on it or it doesn't. There's nothing in between. But in Photoshop, you don't have those real world constraints. And so you could have something that lets you do a little bit of work or a lot of work or all the work or none of the work. It has all these variations in there. And that's what makes the the edges look so natural. So if I go and select the sky. I only want to paint on the blue sky, but I don't want to say like, this is the pixel where everything stops and it's, you know, give me all the adjustment on one side of the pixel and none of the adjustment on the other side of the pixel. Instead, you get this natural kind of fade where it slowly, gradually fades out the amount you're adjusting things. So you can't tell the difference between what you adjusted and what you didn't because you create this natural transition. And that's, that's the power of these luminosity selections is unlike the normal selections you get in Photoshop that are either on or off, you get this full range of partially selected values. And you don't have to get wrapped around the axle with that. Just think about it as like, you know, if I was going to go and retouch a photograph, I probably wouldn't want to use an actual stencil or like a ruler. I'd probably somehow want to like feather my result from one area to the other. So you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's kind of the very next topic I wanted to go over. It that has a lot to do with the why to do luminosity masking. So let, let's go with that. Let's go, t- go on to that topic. Why is it that we want to do that when it, let, let's, it, people are, are happy with Lightroom. There's a lot of people that love to, that like they can accomplish pretty much all they want to in Lightroom. And Lightroom has some really good tools. We're going to talk in a second about a, a fairly new one that actually kind of emulates this a lot better than it, than, um, than it used to. But for, for people maybe that haven't gone into Photoshop and done this, why should they take that on and go learn this when it seems scary, it seems daunting, maybe they don't know what they're doing in Photoshop? Why would they want to do this with luminosity masking? Yeah. So I I think the reasons for luminosity masks are largely the same reasons for just masks and selections in general in Photoshop over Lightroom. You can just do a much higher quality job. It's it's about like the degree of which you do it. So it can be easier, even though it's an advanced thing, and it definitely can be higher quality. But the the basic reason for me is you can start combining layers and that gives you the ability to do some really advanced things. Like, for example, if you want to combine multiple images together, you can do that as an HDR in Lightroom, but the quality is somewhat limited. Think of things like moving objects you can't deal with, or there's just, there's just degrees of limitations there. Whereas when you go over to Photoshop and you start blending multiple exposures together with luminosity masks, you can get just a dramatically better result. And it's not that you're not using Lightroom. You use Lightroom to prep the image and then you go over to Photoshop to do the next level. But there are so many things you can do with luminosity masks that are either better in Photoshop or just not possible. So, uh, for example, if I go shoot the ocean, 
I, I might, you know, have several different images where the wave's crashing on this rock and it's crashing on that rock. Right. And I'll, I'll pull them all together in Photoshop. You can't do that at all in, in Lightroom anyway. Uh, or if you want to, you know, blend exposures for dynamic range, you get more of that or focus stacking. There's all these different things that you can only do in Photoshop. So it just opens up um, just so many more possibilities. Even the things you could do in Lightroom, it gets really complicated. Like if you try and do everything with like a brush or like a radial adjustment or things like that, like those adjustments won't be as precise as they are in Photoshop, sometimes like really bad and sometimes okay. But pretty soon you have an image that's covered with a bunch of pins. You can't even tell what's what and you're, you're limited to what you <laughs> want to do with it. Yeah. You know, you, you go to Photoshop and suddenly you can do really cool things. Like, um, if I shoot the night sky, I have to use like ISO 6400. So it's super noisy, but I need to go and print it for a client at like 40 by 60 inches wide. Well, I have to get rid of that noise. If I was playing in Lightroom, then all I could do is just, you know, hit the whole image with noise reduction. Whereas if I take that over to Photoshop, I can say, Hey, I want one layer where the stars are sharp and one layer where I reduce the noise in the image and then I blend them together. So I get like really beautiful stars, but I don't get all that shadow noise in the background of the image. So suddenly, you know, this noisy ISO 6400 image that doesn't look like the kind of thing you want to pay top dollar to put on your wall looks like a really stunning piece of art. Right. Right. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'd add to that. Like, like you said before, the edges, the edges of, of your selections and how you're making adjustments I think there's some ability to kind of feather that in Lightroom. The adjustment brushes, for example, you can feather it and and make it so that it's uh, it's not doing it's not as obvious where you're making your adjustments and and so it has some some control over that. But you're kind of limited. You're limited to where it is. And and if you're going to make adjustments, there's sometimes I, I faced it a lot in Lightroom. Like I really like it when I do I don't know for for one spot in the photo when I can increase the clarity a lot. And and I like yeah. how that looks, but that but the rest of the photo looks terrible when I increase the the clarity that much. And you can try to do it in an adjustment brush, and and they've done a pretty good job of adding a lot of controls into the adjustment brush so you can do it. So there's there's certainly a lot of that you can accomplish in Lightroom, but it, it's just not as much control. When when you need just a little more control than you have available to you in Lightroom then that's, that's why when you're going to want to go into Photoshop and, and do luminosity masking. Um, and, and so the, that's the why when you want to take a little bit more control. I, I'm finding that I really like control in a lot of things. <laughs> I, uh, I love shooting manual so that I'm controlling all of the exposure triangle. I love uh, taking... I, I love when I can take the control away from... So like spot metering, for example. So I'm controlling what it is that the, the camera is metering off of an object instead of it kind of taking it all in and deciding on its own. Or uh, flashy uh, TTL. I, I don't want that because th that flash and the camera is going to decide to do something that I'm not controlling. And I just love control. So this is a, another way to take a little more control over your post-processing by doing luminosity masking. And you can do it. If, if your listeners that have never really done Photoshop, it's you can do it. You can get there. And we're going to talk a, bit, a little bit about that in just a second. Now, my next question for you, Greg, can you only do luminosity masking in Photoshop? Uh, the answer is sort of yes and no. Uh, so you definitely can do it in a lot of different places, um, but the capabilities really differ. And, and the way I'd answer the question is this. Luminosity masks um, on their own aren't really a thing. They're, they're there to help you do whatever you're doing better, right? So my my preference would be see luminosity masks in every piece of software you use to edit your photos, right? If, so if you're working in Lightroom, you should have them there. If you're in Photoshop, use them there. If you're using, you know, Nick plugins, they should be there. It should be in all these places because it gives you more control to do whatever you're doing to the image in that place. Um, so luminosity masks aren't like, there's not a standard definition. They're sort right, of right. different in how they're implemented everywhere, but, uh, they're definitely in, in many different places. So Photoshop is by far the most advanced in terms of what you can do to the image and what you can do with luminosity masks. There's no question about that, but it shows up in a lot of places. For example, in Lightroom, we've recently in the last year or so gotten a whole bunch of really cool tools. So we have, for example, the color range options where you can go in and with your, adjustment brush or your your gradients you can say hey just affect this color 
or you can do it by the range, which is a form of luminance masking. Um, it's a lot more simple than what you can do in Photoshop, but it does give you a lot of control. So you can a little bit more specifically target things. Um, so they're not, they're not directly comparable, but there is luminosity masking, uh, certainly in, in other places. And, um, I love to see it expand. Uh, right. I love that it's in Lightroom now because I, you know, I do use it in Lightroom, even though I do it much more in Photoshop, having in Lightroom is great. And, and that might be because I edit the whole image in Lightroom and it might be because it gives me a better starting point that I send from Lightroom over to Photoshop. But either way, it's really nice to have that additional control. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. So I, we talk about Lightroom so much on Photo Taco that I think people think the name of the show should be Lightroom Taco instead of Photo Taco. But <laughs> I, I do that because there are so many photographers that get into Lightroom. So it's just the, the biggest piece of the audience out there that's going to appeal to it. It's also the software I prefer. I've tried a whole lot of other programs. They're definitely gaining <laughs> on Adobe. And there's some really good alternatives to the Adobe world that are out there. It just doesn't have it all quite put together yet. Um, so I'm, I, I'm keeping a solid eye on it. I'm, I'm always open to new technology that can help me do what I want to do better. But for now, even right now in here in late 2018, I like the combination of Lightroom and Photoshop the very best of anything that's out there. And, um, and so, and, and that, that's a common, common thing. So, so that's the reason that we talk about these products so much. Um, there's others and I get hit up all the time from, from listeners like, I wish you'd talk about this product or that product. And, and, uh, I, I want to go in there, but, or I want to go into that. And I've, I've done a little bit of those evaluations and had episodes about them. Uh, but the the audience is Lightroom and Photoshop. So we're going to have yeah. a massive audience of that. Um, well, now, and, and the beauty, the beauty of that is if you're paying for Lightroom and you don't have really the really old version, then you're paying a subscription, which means you have Photoshop I and mean, a right, lot of people right. have it and don't use it. And if you have Photoshop, then you basically have luminosity masks in everything, because if you can send a layer to Photoshop or if you can use a plugin in Photoshop, then you can use luminosity masks. So for example, like, you know, the Nick suite of tools sure, or, right. you know, neat image for noise reduction, all these different tools, you can send them over to Photoshop and then use luminosity mass. So if you have the Adobe subscription, then you have all the capabilities. You just have to, you know, put it together. And I actually have a tutorial on my website that shows how to do that. It's, it's actually a pretty simple thing to do. And then all these other, you know, plugins and things you've bought become that much more useful. Right. And, and that was going to be the point I was going to make was, uh, one of the things that impeded photographers from getting into Photoshop in the past was the cost. It was very, very expensive to get there. When I first got into it, the, the creative cloud stuff wasn't there and I didn't have, I couldn't plunk down that money for Photoshop. So I had Lightroom cause that was a, a very inexpensive, uh, cost to get Lightroom. And I learned a ton about how to use Lightroom and my images, the quality just jumped. Of course, I learned how to do raw. I learned how to use Lightroom. I was starting to get some really cool results. I wanted so bad to go try out Photoshop and some of the more advanced techniques that I was reading about and learning about, but the cost was prohibitive. I just couldn't go there as a hobbyist photographer that was just having fun with this. I couldn't justify it. And so one of the best things to happen for me was when they created that photography uh, cloud subscription model. It's 10 bucks a month to get the, both of them. That opened it up. Now I could go do it and now I could go learn about it. And so that's no longer an issue. I, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like subscriptions. I, I get it. I really don't like them either if I can avoid it. But wow, it is a deal. <laughs> 10 bucks a month to get access to both of these tools is a seriously good deal. And uh, it, that, that shouldn't be the reason to stop you now. You can, of course, if you try it out and you don't think it's a big deal, you can kill your subscription and, and that's fine. Uh, but it, it really has helped. Now, what about... So you going into Photoshop, it is very daunting for some of this brand new and trying to go in there. And luminosity masking as a topic is kind of an advanced technique. It's, it's an advanced way of using Photoshop. Um, I, we're going to talk about your, your plugin and how that, that, how that helps. And maybe we should just go to that right now. You, you have a plugin, it's called Lumenzia. What does that provide for photographers or, or for someone that may be in that boat we just described, like they, they were intimidated by Photoshop. They don't use it because they're intimidated by it. What is Lumenzia going to help with? 
Yeah. Well, before we even talk about Lumenzia, let me just mention that I, I do have a free plugin and actions uh, available through my website. So with pretty much any version of Photoshop you have, I've got a tool for you that you can use and try out for free to create luminosity masks oh, good. Yeah. And, and selections. And Lumenzia makes the whole process uh, simpler and you can get more sophisticated, but you can jump right in now. And I've got tutorials on how to use it and how to create them. But the bottom line is um, just just pick up like the, the panel, the actions they have, and you start creating them and start playing around with them right away. Um, so th if you have Photoshop and you have no actions or no no panels or anything like that, you can create luminosity masks. And the way you do that is through some operations you do in channels. And uh, I won't get into it now. If people want to look that up, they can, they can go on my website and, and you'll see tutorials on how to do that on your own. You actually... You don't really need to understand that at all. You can skip that whole thing and go right to the part where you have a mask or selection and start using it. It's, I actually don't think there's a lot of value in understanding how they're created. <laughs> right. I, I don't think, I mean, a lot of people tell me they want to understand it all, but I, I can't think of anything that's really all that transferable in terms of like the lesson you learn by trying to climb right. that mountain that helps you up the next one. So to me, it's, you know, do it if you're, you're into that, but I think it's, it's pain you can avoid. Um, I shouldn't even say pain. It's really not that hard, but it's, it's different, right? I mean, this is definitely the geekier end of, of Photoshop and right. you, you know, people need to be prepared to spend a little time to, to get over it, but there's some simple things you could do. You don't have to start off with the hard stuff. Like a lot of people come to luminosity masks because they want to start blending exposures and that's one of the more challenging things you can do with the luminosity mask. So a lot of people come in and it's like they want to go do the hardest thing possible first. And I always <laughs> tell people like, you know, like that's a great thing to do. And you should you should go after that goal, but maybe not as like the first stop. Right. You know, like maybe maybe something a little simpler, you know, work on like adjusting the contrast or little things you can do with these that are like there's so many ways you can use these and you don't have to do the hard thing. And I don't know. Um, but yeah, so. With uh, with my with uh, Lumenzia, what you're getting is it's a, it's what's called a, an extension panel. A lot of people just call it a plugin, but Adobe technically calls these extension panels. They're basically a little different thing, but it's um, it's a collection of buttons that shows up in a little panel. So, for example, in Photoshop, you get these different panels for like your layers and all your different tools, stuff like that. Lumenzia would show up as like one more box of buttons, and when you click on those buttons you can then see previews of different luminosity masks. And when you find the one you want, you then click to load it as a mask or selection, or you can have Lumenzia turn it into something for you. For example, um, add it directly to a sharpening layer or a vignette or things like that. Um, so it's just giving you uh, a visual way to find the right you know, selection or mask for the job and then go put it into action. Um, so it, it just it's just facilitating these workflows by making it much more visual and taking a lot of the geekiness out. So, right. you know, people talk about these things as being actions, which are, you know, actions are like the things you can record in Photoshop. And there's they're pretty dumb, pretty basic. Lumenzia is uh, written as software. It's JavaScript. And what that means is it has like tens of thousands of lines of code in the background that are basically trying to anticipate what you're trying to do and, and take care of the problems for you. So it, it, you know, as you're doing things, it's looking at the, like, you know, if you're doing something that's not allowed, it'll give you a little helpful message or it'll just take care of it for you or give you a better result. So it's smart software that tries to take the complexity of luminosity masking and kind of bury it under the hood. So you can, you know, focus more on your art and, and less on trying to understand, um, you know, the, the science of the technology, if you will. Right. Right. Um, I, and, and I've, so I've tried a bunch of these now. I've tried a whole lot of plugins, uh, paid for, I don't know, five or six of them now, just trying to figure out which one I like the best. And what I like, what, one of the things that's really nice about Lumenzia is, um, it, it doesn't have this user interface that's huge. <laughs> a lot of these plugins I've tried, man, does it take a lot of space on my, in Photoshop to have it there. And there's a lot of buttons that I never use. Like <laughs> they've, they've tried to add a whole bunch of shortcuts so you don't have to go into the menus, but um, I don't need that out of this plugin. And, and so it, I really like the the way that it's organized so that it's, it's really pretty small compared to a lot of other plugins and the, the way that the visualization part is done. So we, we talked about like someday Adobe might be able to, to have some voice driven thing and say, Photoshop select the sky and it's going to, you know, do its thing and select the sky. Okay. Lomenzi can't do that yet. Maybe, maybe Greg will beat Adobe to the punch on that, but, <laughs> but, um, 
But what it can do is as you're, you you can click on the various things and then you can visualize it and say, that's the one that's going to select the sky. And you can see it really quickly and easily so that uh, you're, you're working with the right mask. The other tools I've used, they have some concept of visualization. I've, uh, there, there's ways to make it do it, but it's uh, the, the one I liked the best was like two or three button clicks to be able to see it, like besides Lamentia, the one I was using, um, versus the one that it takes in Lumenzia. So uh, that's why I'm, I prefer Lumenzia as a plugin for this at this point now. Uh, I'm really glad I, I got to, I found this one and, and found Greg so we could talk about it. And and so it's it's a very unintimidating kind of plugin. The installation process was, was another reason. Like the installs for all the other plugins is a nightmare. <laughs> you have to go like Adobe hasn't made this easier either because they've changed how you get stuff installed as plugins over the years. And so uh, depending on the version, you know, when you buy a plugin, they have this PDF of like, okay, if you're running windows and you're running this version of, of uh, Photoshop, here's where the directory you have to go dump this file into and blah. And it's just this massive, PDF document of, of how to do it. And uh, with Lumenzia, I double clicked on a little file and it installed. It was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> it, it was really good. Um, so, so I, I mean, obviously I'm kind of raving about it and the whole episode is going to sound like an ad, but it's seriously a good, a good plugin to have and will really help you. If you're looking to get into this, Lumenzia is a great way to help you and to get there. All right. So, we talked a little bit about Lumenzia now. Anything else we should cover on Lumenzia before we move on to the next thing, Greg? No, I, I think that's the basic thing, right? It's a tool to just take a, a complicated subject and, and make it a lot more approachable. Right. We're going to keep talking about luminosity masking. We're going to talk about Greg's plug-in Lumenzia, what it is, how it can help you, and how Greg would recommend you can learn luminosity masking. But first, we need to thank a sponsor of this episode. Turn your dream into a reality with Squarespace, just like most of us here at Master Photography. We love Squarespace, and that's because they make it easier than ever to launch your passion project. So whether you're looking to start a new photo business, showcase your portfolio, publish blog posts, sell products or prints, or whatever it is you want to do, Squarespace is the tool for you. They have beautiful templates that were created by world-class designers, and you have the ability to customize those templates with just a few clicks, so you can easily make a beautiful website yourself. Squarespace also has a powerful e-commerce tool that lets you sell anything online, and they have analytics that will help you grow your site in real time. And the best part, in my opinion, is that everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box, so you don't have to spend time building a second mobile website for SEO purposes. Buying domains through Squarespace is simple, and you'll get the help you need with Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support. So head on over to squarespace.com slash improve for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash improve, offer code improve. Okay. All right. The next thing. So... Maybe we have photographers, some that are intimidated by Photoshop, convinced, yeah, luminosity mask, I need to figure this out. I need to go learn how to use this. Add it as a tool in my toolbox to work on my images. And it's not just landscapes, by the way, to where this is helpful. I am using it. An example I talked about last week on Master Photography. Um, I'm using it to help me extract people, uh, athletes out of the background in uh, some high school port, uh, basketball shoots that I do. I do these game day ads and I, I, uh, for the high school, local high school. And so I, I cut the athletes out and then I put them on a background that looks, makes it look like they're on like a ESPN magazine cover kind of, kind of look. And, um, I've tried multiple ways now to extract them from the background. I've tried green screens. I've tried a lot of stuff. The thing that I like the very best is to blow out the background so it's a very high luminance value at that point and then i can use luminosity masking to just select everything that's not blown out and they're extracted like it's it's magic <laughs> to make it work so there's way more uses the point is there's a lot more uses than just landscape you you hear it probably most common with people that talk about processing landscape photos and it's it's really great i love using it on my landscape shots but there's applications for 
luminosity masking across all genres of photography and learning how to add that as a tool in your toolbox is only going to make you better at what you do. Sometimes it's going to be a faster way to accomplish an edit. Maybe you're a way that you're getting there to a specific result today. You'll be able to find a faster way to get there, which saves you time and money, of course. and, And that's all good. So, so with that said, um, how to learn this. So, so Greg, I, I, it's taken me probably, I don't know, three, maybe four years of really kind of diving into this, trying all kinds of plugins. I've gone through multiple video courses now. How would you recommend someone in the situation that we're describing, kind of intimidated by Photoshop today, how would you recommend they go about learning how to do luminosity masking? Yeah. So I, I would say there are a lot of different resources out there. Um, I have a a bunch, if you go to my website, you'll get plugged into all that. I get a newsletter where I'm sending out new video based tutorials that are, you know, typically five to 15 minutes. So, you know, very digestible and most of them focus on luminosity masking, not all of them. Um, so that's a great resource And I got like a hundred videos or so on, on YouTube. So tons of uh, material to get going there. And I would say that's definitely a good place to start. But I'd also say, you know, if someone has never used Photoshop, you know, I don't know that I would jump like immediately week one straight into trying to figure out luminosity. Masking. Like, <laughs> right, you know, right. play, play with Photoshop a little bit because you know, I, I do get people come to me and say like, hey, I love what you're doing. So I just bought Photoshop so I can use, you know, Lumenzia and, and all your stuff. And I'm flattered, but it's also like. Uh, you know, go back to that idea earlier of like, you know, don't try to do the hardest thing first. Cause I think, you know, you want a few easy wins. You want to get encouraged. You want to get excited. Um, and you know, you do the hard stuff and you throw in so many variables. It's hard to understand like what worked or what didn't, or, you know, trying to like problem shoot things. So I think sometimes it just becomes complicated, not because the, the technique is hard, but more because people try and do it like the hardest way possible. Right. Um, and, and I get that, right? Like you see this beautiful image is like some contest winning image and you think like, Oh, I want to go figure out what they did there. Right. Um, you know, but I, I don't think I'd try and replicate the Sistine Chapel as my first, uh, four into painting either. Uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, so, you know, just general advice. The other thing I'd say with this, um, as people are learning the luminosity masking, a lot of people get into it, come into it um, because they, they like the, the control, they like the technology, and, and that can get you very focused on the tool. I would say, you know, focus also on starting to develop your vision. I find a lot of people sure. come into it and they'll say to me, you know, well, you know, what, sh- what should I do to this image? And I'll turn to them, I'll say, well, what do you want to do to this image? <laughs> and, and a lot of times there isn't really an answer. And I get that. And, and I definitely was a photographer who was in that place for years. But whether you're doing luminosity masking or Photoshop or just anything with your images, one of the best things you can do to help yourself learn faster and ultimately get better results is start to think a little bit more uh, proactively and constructively about what do you want to do? So when I go into an image, I don't ask myself, like, do I need luminosity mask or where do I need them? I start with, you know, what are the problems in this image that I want to fix? What are the areas I want to highlight? Like, I'm, I'm thinking about looking at the image and saying, you know, what would really help tell the story here? Right. So I want to do things that are going to take my subject and really strengthen it. And I'm going to take those distractions and kind of diminish them. And having that vision in your head to say, you know what, what I want to do here is bring in a little more color to the sky and warm up the image and bring up some detail here. Like once you know where you're trying to go, it's so much easier to find the path to get there. Whereas if you come into luminosity mask and you don't have that roadmap, the problem is, well, it's like this double-edged sword because with luminosity mask, pretty much anything is possible, but the problem is anything is possible. And so you can experiment (laughs) to death and, and there's like all these like unproductive things you can do. And if you don't know where you're trying to go without that roadmap, you, you really can get lost and frustrated. So once you, once you know where you're trying to go, like, if you can't figure it out, you, you start to ask yourself, well, why is that failing? And then you'll figure out like, oh, well, if I just do this, it'll work. And so just it's it's amazing. But but most people really um, don't approach it that way. Like I said, I, I used to be there. And, you know, now that I have much more of a vision for what I'm trying to do with my images, it just man, everything's so much easier. So that that's a big part of the, the learning path, because if you're coming from a place like Lightroom, you get this sandbox and the downside is you can only do so much, but the upside is you can kind of just 
you know, flip a bunch of switches and dials and see what happens. Right. You know, so I can take this slider and move it left and right, see if it got better or worse. You don't really have that luxury when you go to an open-ended system like Photoshop or Luminosity Mask because now it's not just like 20 sliders to play with. It's like infinite number of sliders, if you will. Absolutely right. Having a vision is more important than probably anything else in photography. Having a an objective, which is really hard to do, especially kind of at the beginning. If you're just starting to learn about photography, man, you're trying to figure out your exposure triangle as you're shooting. You're trying to figure out how to get it so you uh, you have a good composition at the same time as, and then you get on this. It, it's there's so much to learn as you're getting started. It gets really hard to have sort of the artistic aspect come be have enough priority <laughs> you're thinking about so many technical things trying to make it so you're you're getting as good an image as you can and then you might get on the computer like oh i wish i would uh, you know a little bit more to the left or I, I i cut off that branch of the tree and i needed the whole thing so that it looked complete and whatever it is there's i, I find this constantly with my own work that like dang it i should have i wish i had paid just a little more attention as i was capturing the photo and it's getting better as this stuff becomes more second nature and at least the, the technical aspects uh, which is why one of the objectives i have a photo talk it was trying to help people through overcome those obstacles make it so they can understand the technical aspects and now that won't be dominating your process as you're shooting and as you're post-processing you're going to be able to think more about the creative elements that really are the differentiator between uh, an okay photo and a really good photo. That creative element is the distinguishing factor and the technology is a tool to get there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, over those 18 years I mentioned of photography, I think I've only really been focusing on trying to develop my art and studying art for about the last four. And I have developed so much more and so much faster in those four years than the previous 14, it's just not even comparable. So I really can't emphasize enough, like how valuable that is to, to do that. And, and it's, it's almost like, um, this convenient thing, right? Like, I, I don't know where to start. So I'll just kind of play with like the software that's in front of me. It kind of lays right, out right. some different things I can play with. And, but, but truly stepping back and, and focusing on your vision and your art, um, is so helpful. And, and if you don't know what that means, if that's confusing, you know, go sign up for some classes, um, on photography or painting or drawing or, you know, anything like that, or, um, you know, talk to other people have that, but, you know, ask them questions that aren't about Photoshop, like asking like, why did you edit that way? Or what were you thinking when you did this? Like, I, I think that's the kind of curiosity that will really pay off big time for, for any photographer. Okay. But there still is this element of, I got to figure out how to actually go into Photoshop and make this work. And, and Lumenzi is going to help me, but then what? Now we're in this open-ended system, like you said, and, and you got to figure out what to do. Maybe you have a vision. Let's, let's, let's say it's gone that far. I know where I want to yeah. take this photo, but I don't know what the heck. There's these buttons. E even with Lumenzia being as simple a thing as I've ever seen, there's a lot of buttons. <laughs> there's a lot of things that are there. <laughs> um, so how, how are they going to learn how to to leverage that as a tool for them to get where they want to go with the image sure absolutely so um well you know if you're if you're already had that vision and you're just on the ground floor and want to figure out luminosity masking you know, go to my website gregbensphotography.com and i've got navigation links on the top of the left where i've got my various tutorials and that's a really good place to plug in and start learning uh, as well as just googling it right i'm you know there are many people sure. out there teaching luminosity masks and there are many great artists and, and instructors and i would encourage anyone to, to seek out multiple sources of information um if, if you've gone through that kind of material and, you know, let's say you've gotten out to the point where you picked up um, Lumenzi and I'm sure like probably any panel you get is going to have some kind of tutorials with it. But I'll speak to, to my product with Lumenzia. Um, you know, it actually has a button in the panel. You click on the tutorials button and you get access to about three hours worth of additional tutorials to walk you through kind of the Lumenzia way of of doing things. Um, and you know, if you progress beyond that point where you've, you've picked up some of the earlier lessons and you want to get into the deeper end of the pool, um, I do have a, it's a paid course, but I've, I've got a course on how to blend exposures. And like I said, I wouldn't start on blending exposures, but you know, if you're at that place where you're ready to start tackling that, you know, I've got some deeper resources. I got some free videos on that as well. Um, but there's a lot of, of depth to that. Um, 
but I, I would say there's, there's so much free material out there. I would just start with starting to look through that and, and focus on the easier things. And the easier things are going to be things like making some contrast adjustments or maybe take a single exposure and darken the sky to bring back a little more color right, or whatever. Right. But, you know, apply it to things that are, you know, if you're starting to combine multiple images, you're not at, at square one. You know, so, so start on these easier things um, with that. Okay, so I'm I'm going to, to pump up your course <laughs> because <laughs> because I, I I really really liked it. Um, a, a lot of it was was stuff I knew already, but that's I, I that's what I liked best about the course actually. So the course we're talking about is Exposure Blending Master Class. It's on Greg's site, so you can go over there and get it. And there's, there'll be links in the show notes, so you can you can go look at that. But what I really love, I have done like I said a whole bunch of these video trainings, and it's helped me. It absolutely helped me to uh, to go and use it most of them are focused on the the plugin that they have that they produce but there's some that are kind of more general too and and so yeah youtube i i did all of that i learned a lot about it just from that perspective um so that i could figure out kind of even what just the concept was what what does this mean how am i going to do these selections uh, the channel stuff i'd never gone into channels before i didn't have a reason to be in there and so it was all new enough that I needed that kind of foundational learning to figure out what this means. How can I use it as a tool to accomplish my goal? And then, um, but I, but I, what I liked best about Greg's course here was he kind of starts off at the very, very basic. Um, I loved, you went through all the various selection tools in Photoshop and what they do, how they work. And uh, it, it was really helpful. So for people who had never been in there before, he goes through some of the, the buttons that are in there, what they do, how you'd use them, why it's not, most of them are not suitable for really doing luminosity masking um, or masking in general. There, there's reasons for each one of them, but uh, it doesn't, uh, you know, you, you don't assume this master level usage of Photoshop that I see a lot of other courses kind of assuming people have and not doing a good job of explaining things. So the, that's, I think it's a fabulous way to get into it. If, if you don't really know your way around Photoshop a ton, you're kind of familiar with it and you really want to add luminosity masking, then the, the two of them together, Lumenzi has a plugin and the exposure blending masterclass. Uh, really is going to get you launched and headed in the right direction for it. Plus, the, another big thing I liked about it was your your sample images that you have as part of the course. So you can follow along. You can be working on exactly the same image that he's demonstrating in the videos. And that's really missing from a lot of these other courses too. And like, oh, okay, I see how you're doing it on your photo. But my photo is nothing like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I should do right now. How this works, and it just makes you connect a little better because you can follow right along and be like, "Oh, I kind of see how this works." When you have the, exactly the same image to be working on, so I, I know it's gonna, this whole episode is going to sound like this massive ad for Lumencia and, <laughs> and exposure <laughs> blending management, but uh, it's it's not intended to be an ad. I, I really want to help photographers get into luminosity masking, and I just happen to think this is one of the best ways to do it. So that's that's why I'm sharing it that way. Anything else we should say about your course, Greg? Um, no, I mean, I, I appreciate the, the, the feedback and the, and the, the, the endorsement there. You know, my goal with it is, um, one of the things for this challenging for me is I, I get photographers at all different skill levels, you know, folks who've never yeah. touched Photoshop and folks who've been doing, you know, exposure blending in the past. And you know, there's all this range of skills and, um, just hearing what you said, I, you know, I think, uh, is, it can, helps confirm for me that I'm, I'm hitting the mark, which was to try and give people a course that was designed to kind of let you come on at whatever speed you need, whether, you know, you need the earlier lessons, you want to skip the more advanced ones, but you kind of can uh, chart a course that's going to work for your physical learning needs. Cause we all have, we all started different places and, and we all kind of need different things. So it's great to hear. Yeah. Okay. So again, if it's not Lumenzia and it's not Greg's course, that's fine. Whatever it is. I, I do think there is value no matter what genre of photography you are shooting in figuring out how to have this be a tool in your tool belt for accomplishing your goals. Uh, it, it's going to save you time in some cases. In other cases, it's going to be like the only way possible to make some of the adjustments you want to do. And uh, you're you're not going to be able to get there if you don't know how to make it happen. So even if it's not Lumenzia, not Greg's course, go find something 
that is going to, and there's lots of it out there. There's a lot that's really good too. It's, it's, there's some really, really good stuff out there. I learned uh, the majority of what I know about it through a lot of other things. I wish I'd have found Lumenzia uh, and your course was available first. So it would save me some time, but, <laughs> but uh, no matter how it is, go, go make that happen. And Greg has, is been very kind and he has provided for us an offer code. It's a, is an offer code, a coupon code. What do you call it, Greg? Oh, it's a coupon at checkout. Okay. Coupon at checkout. If you go and buy Lumenzia and you <laughs> you use the coupon code of TACO25. So, does it have to be all caps, Greg? Uh, I don't know. Use all caps. To okay. it. I don't know. Use all matters. caps. Yeah. All caps, TACO25. We will have it in the show notes too in case you forget. Then you'll get 25% off as you go to buy Lumenzia. And um, that's only going to be good as we air this November 12th through November 19th. So you don't have a lot of time to think about this. Just go buy it. It's going to be worth it. You're going to love that you have it no matter what genre you're shooting. It's going to be helpful. Go buy it and uh, you get 25% off. All right. So, Greg, before we close up the show, do you think we answered the question about what is luminosity masking? Well, I certainly think we've given people a sense of kind of where it fits in and, and where to start that exploration. You know, it's a, it's a journey. No, it nothing is. could ever answer it in, a, in an hour. Um, but I, you know what, you know what I really liked earlier is you mentioned it's not just landscape because I think it does get this association with being like a landscape thing. And I can't stress enough that it's like, it's this tool that just lets you work more targeted no matter what you're doing. If you yeah. ever use a selection or a mask in Photoshop, you really need to think about this is a tool in your toolkit because it can make them better. Right. Right. Make it uh, not as Photoshoppy. The the result doesn't isn't as <laughs> obvious that it's it was done in Photoshop. There's so many photos you'd be like, "Yep, that was done in Photoshop." I can tell, and uh, and this this really really helps to make that less and less obvious. When you get good at using them, it it really really helps. All right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say just before we leave, we mentioned Greg's blog a few times, gregbensphotography.com, link in the show notes if you can't remember that, or uh, Benz is B-E-N-Z, by the way. Um, he really posts a lot of stuff out there, mostly about luminosity masking, but there's other things too. And you, you need to add it to your reading list for photographers. Um, at least it, like if you're listening to photo taco, you have this propensity toward geekery anyway. So go check it out. It's, it's really good. I loved, he did a post November 25th, 2018, um, how to extract enhanced shadow detail with subtracted luminosity mass. And yes, it's as geeky as that sounds. Um, but it's really, really good stuff. I, I learned a ton out of the stuff that Greg puts out and I'm really happy to, uh, to be able to share that with everyone else. So you need to check out his blog, add it to the reading list, um, so that you can stay up on kind of the, the new stuff that he's working on and uh, as he updates Lumenzia too. So, um, that's great. All right. I think that's all we have time for this episode. Craig, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Now you can find everything at photo, uh, photo taco related over at the new home of the show, phototacopodcast.com. We have searchable show notes. You're going to find the show notes for this episode that you're going to want to use there. Don't forget coupon code taco 25 to go get that plug in. You only have one week. So d go right now. Don't, don't, don't wait. Go use that coupon code and get 25% off. And I'm working on some other goodies over there. I'm working on a status page of updates. Um, so like, uh, Mac OS Mojave, Windows 10, they've got had a little bit of bumps on the road as they release stuff. And, and how does it work with Photoshop and, and Lightroom? And we just had updates for Lightroom and Photoshop too. And a lot of people are relying on kind of my telling them whether these things seem to be good or not. As I, I like keep a careful eye on the, um, the Adobe forums to, to relay that information or my own experience. And, uh, so I'm, I'm working on a page that will have those status. It's not there yet, but I can tell you if you rely on this stuff for your business, it's still not a great time to update yet. There's some problems that are out there and not everyone's hitting them. So you might say, well, I upgraded. I'm fine. But <laughs> there's a lot, enough people that are having problems that if you really rely on it, don't risk it. You need to, you need to hold off. Just wait. And, uh, and I'll be sure to let you know either here or in Master Photography Podcast uh, when it looks like it's, it's pretty good and, and the majority of problems are resolved. You can connect with me through Instagram. It's at Phototaco Podcast. Twitter, at Phototaco. 
or you can drop an old school email, phototacopodcast at gmail.com. Remember, no question too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to have someone like Greg come on so that we can talk about the the topic and and really dive into it. And Photo Taco is part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. There's lots of shows that are in the network. Portrait Session. Um, y- you got to check that out if you're a portrait photographer. So anyway, go go check those out in the Master Photography Podcast um, at, over at masterphotographypodcast.com. And together, we all want to help you master your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is reserved. Olay!